Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to another episode of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify video users rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And we are back with Rivalry Week. Obviously, all Corn State University, we are headed down to the reservation. Should be an exciting experience. Exciting day, a great game, and joining us to talk about those Braves, as usual, he is a familiar voice. You know who he is. He is the of all Corn State athletics, none other than Charles Edmond. Welcome back to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, man, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Excited to have you. Excited for this week in this game. Uh, you already know what goes down when it's Jackson State All-Corn Week, so we're looking forward to it. But want to talk about this team, uh, kind of an up and down season for the Braves. Some will probably say this current uh, iteration of the team is uncharacteristic of its recent success, but want to hear from you, the horse's mouth, so to speak. So just kind of give us your quick uh, overview of how the season has gone so far. The season hasn't gone like what would be expected. I mean, going into this year, for the first time in seven years, the quarterback that we started with wasn't on the roster last year. We had Aaron Allen come in, the Louisiana Tech transfer. He came in in the spring, wasn't on the roster last year. So he's a different type of dude. He's a different type of quarterback. Not necessarily the running quarterback that we expected with the RPO stuff with Felix Harper and Noah Johnson and Lenore's Footman. Mm -hmm. So a little bit different. And, you know, the key word is continuity, you know, and trying to get all the pieces to fit. And so on the offensive side of the ball, it, it has been a challenge. And uh, we're going to have, you know, obviously we're going to play two quarterbacks today, we believe. And so that's going to be a little bit different, you know, at the end of the season than what we expected. Because Fred McNair is a guy that likes to stick with a quarterback. But we've had a quarterback transfer. We've had a quarterback get hurt. And he's out. Aaron Allen's out for the rest of the year. So it, it, it definitely is going to be something different with the uh, with, uh, Trey Lawrence getting the start for the Braves. Defensively, a whole new staff with uh, Cedric Thornton, who was our D.C. last mm -hmm. year, going to Grambling. And so Cedric Thomas, the second tour of duty uh, as the Braves' uh, mm -hmm. defense guy, and he brought in a whole new staff. So it took time for that to gel and develop, and it has. It has. The defense right now is carrying this team at this point in time. So this, is, this has been different. You know, the pieces weren't exactly there. Coming through the offseason, new quarterback, new scheme. The continuity just took a little time, and it's still a work in progress. So, look, we had a great six-year run. And, you know, when you win six division titles in a row, I don't care what level, the SEC, the SWAC, it doesn't matter. It was a heck of a run. And now you got to kind of rebuild things, and it's been a tough rebuild for the Braves. 
Definitely. And continuity, there's such a key word when you talk about this Alcorn State's program. Traditionally, it's definitely under the uh, Coach Fred McNair era. Always having stability at quarterback. Not only stability, but always having that next guy waiting in the wings. A guy who kind of comes in and, and takes over and you have that continuation going into the next season. So you talk about uh, losing that this season. And uh, you talk about Trey Lawrence as well, the sophomore quarterback from Jacksonville, who had to step in this year in place of Aaron Allen. So you go into the season with the new with the new quarterback, and then he goes down, and you have to bring in Lawrence. So uh, what are some differences between those two quarterbacks, and how did things change for the offense when Lawrence took the reins? Well, with with, with Aaron Allen, big arm, he could push the ball down the field. You know, I saw his film when he was at Louisiana Tech. He could definitely push the ball down the field. I was told uh, before he got here that he wasn't exactly the running quarterback that we expect, you know, from a Felix Harper or a Lenore Footman or Noah Johnson. But he was a pleasant surprise. A big, big guy can actually motor with his feet a little bit and hard to bring down. So we saw a lot of that from him getting outside of the pocket, escaping the pocket and making some plays. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was a little bit different. But, you know, when, when you look at Trey Lawrence, it's still kind of a work in progress for him because he came in in the Grambling game after Aaron Allen hurt his shoulder in that game. And it's it's kind of been a, a, a work in progress still. Uh, last week, it got to a point where we brought in a quarterback, a kid from Meridian that was recruited as a quarterback in T. Mm-hmm. Adams. But then he was transformed mm-hmm. into a wide receiver because we thought we had our quarterback situation. But now with Trey mm-hmm. Lawrence still figure it out, just giving teams a different look. T. Adams, a kid from Meridian who definitely has some athleticism using him a little bit. We saw a lot more of him last week in the game against Bethune-Cookman mm-hmm. on the goal line. So you'll probably see those two quarterbacks today. The offense hasn't changed. I mean, we still are ground-and-pound team, whether mm-hmm. it was on Walker years ago. This year is Jarvion Howard, who's been something special. The kid transferred from Syracuse from Columbia, Mississippi. I mean, he's been something special. Hard to bring down, over 1,000 yards rushing. You know, for this Braves team in just his first year with the program, he's got another year coming up next year. So, I, okay. I, you know, for the Braves, it's ground and pound. That's what they do. That's where it starts. And if we can run the football, run with some efficiency, with some power, with some violence, we're a really good football team. And we can do that and not turn the football over. That's been our Achilles heel in the losses, the turnovers, whether it's Southern, whether it's Grambling, whether it's Texas Southern, the turnovers. And we had a couple of turnovers last week against Bethune-Cookman, but thankfully – that we're able to come out with a victory. So I think, you know, for this offense, we've got to play smart, we have to be efficient, and we can't turn the football over, especially against a JSU team that can score points like they have been the last couple of years. Definitely. And going back to that running game, an identity of the Braves over the past few years, you talked about uh, Jarvion Howard, the Connolly Trophy nominee. Congratulations to him. SWAC Newcomer of the Year candidate. He's at 5.2 yards per carry. 1174 yards rushing 11 TDs. I know he's uh he has his name or he's inching close to getting to the Alcorn State record books, but he's a Columbia, Mississippi native. Coach McNair definitely has a knack for going into that portal and getting some of those Mississippi guys to, to return home. But uh in addition to Howard, talk about a guy like a Nico Duffy, a guy who this season hasn't had the season that I would expect, hasn't put up the yards, but he in, in past seasons has been a, a key cog for you guys. So how has he fit into the equation? Yeah, I mean, he, he still fits. I mean, I think it just depends on the situation, depends on where we are on the field. I mean, we, Nico's one of three running backs with Jarvie and Howard, and then Leatherwood. We'll see those two other guys, obviously, Howard, Leatherwood, and Nico Duffy. But for Nico, it hasn't been a Nico Duffy-ish type of year, for sure. Um, I, I do think with the competition, with Jarvie and Howard being as dominant as he's been, he's gotten you know, the majority of the workload. 
But there are times in which Nico Duffy, you know, he's got the explosion coming through. He's a little scat back and can mm-hmm. it's really hard to chase when he gets in the open field. It, it just, I think it's just been one of those years in which you have a back of Jarvion Howard who's just been so dominant, so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get him on the field. But I think, you know, offensive coordinator Elliot Radden, Fred McNair, finding a way to get Nico Duffy involved. And I do expect him to have a big role in the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to Lawrence for a second. One thing that stands out when you look at his numbers is the completion percentage, only around 38%. That's very atypical of a quarterback. So would you say that teams are really bringing the pressure and forcing him to make mistakes or just a matter of everyone gelling? Or like in the case of Jackson State, despite Shadur Sanders' high completion percentage, there's just been a lot of drop passes by the wide receivers. I, I think it's just the acclimation process. I mean, Trey Lawrence coming in when he did in that Grambling game, Remember now, we Fred McNair doesn't play two quarterbacks. If a quarterback is upright mm-hmm. and healthy, he's going to get every single snap. So if Aaron Allen mm-hmm. is healthy and productive, you know, Trey Lawrence wouldn't be on the field. That's just he, you know, he's just not a two quarterback coach like a lot of coaches are. You go with a guy and you stick with a guy. And we've had that over the years. So for Trey Lawrence, it's just about managing the game, you know, not doing anything too spectacular, not being a hero not trying to lose mm-hmm. the game, but just managing the game. You're going to see a lot of short stuff, a lot, a lot of dinks and dunks. If Jackson State crowds the box, you're going to have a lot of intermediate stuff. He's got to get the ball there. You know, we've had some drops. There have been some receivers open. And I just think it's just timing. I mean, when you get all the reps in practice, but when you haven't had it in the game, it, it, it takes some acclimation. So I, I think that's going to be the key in a big game, a big rivalry game. You know he's going to be nervous. Jackson's going to bring the heat. They're going to bring the pressure up front. And that's mm-hmm. where I think game's going to be won or lost up front in the trenches. If our offensive line can protect and make Trey Lawrence comfortable, we can run the football. I think Trey will have a a relatively decent game. I mean, do you expect him to throw for 300 yards? No. But if he doesn't turn the football over, just take what the defense gives him. I think he'll have a very productive game. And speaking of that wide receiver unit, obviously that's a group that'll need to step up and help him out. Haven't seen much from CJ Bowler this season, only 18 catches, under 200 yards. You have a Malik Rogers, the Tulsa transfer, along with Juan Anthony. They they really kind of stepped in and led the team. So talk about that unit as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been it's been tough. I mean, again, the quarterback position and trying to get the ball to the receivers, you know, the offensive line trying to protect. It has been tough trying to push the ball down the field for sure. And it's, and it's mainly because we've been running the football so effectively, we haven't thrown it quite as much. And so, you know, when you look at a guy like a Juan Anthony, for example, Juan Anthony Jr., he's a guy that can stretch the field. Uh, C.J. Bowler, C.J. Bowler has been out. You know, he's been out off and on throughout the course of the season. Okay. Um, the one guy, though, that I think that that will be a target is, is Malik Rogers. He's really stepped mm-hmm. up his game. Where's number two? I think he's going to get a lot of targets. And the Braves are going to have to do that. They're going to have to get a bunch of people involved in the receiver core if they're going to have some success here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that offense will definitely need to get going against a tough Jackson State defense. They're averaging over 22 points per game, but you know, obviously they'll need to definitely step that up. But the off the uh, Alcorn State defense allowing 21 points per game, leading tackler Mr. Terrence Ellis. So talk to me about that unit. Obviously, we mentioned the change of defensive coordinators, uh, Thornton going out, but a familiar uh, face, familiar name coming in. So talk about that defensive unit. Yeah, the defensive unit has been – I mean, I think a lot of people were concerned about you know Cedric Thomas making his second tour of duty 
um, at Alcorn. It's taken the defense some time. If you if you look at the Stephen F. Austin game early on, I think the Tulane game got a lot of people worried about this defense. You know, we gave up 52 points, and it just they were moving up the ball. You know, moving the ball up and down the field. But this defense has really gotten off the field when it has to. You know, okay. I think it started with the McNeese game, and you you, you talk about you know you talk about Ellis. You know, on the back end, you got K. Ron Kinsler who's playing his final regular season game. You know, one of a handful of seniors on that defensive unit. This this Braves unit up front can get off the field when it has to. I think the key for this Braves defense is going to have to be, you know, tackling. Tackling has been kind of an issue. They've got a lot of skilled players all over the place. You know, when Shador gets it to them, they're going to have to make the tackle. You know, they're going to try to grab the pound. Gotta make the tackle. Put them behind the team. So I think if if the Braves unit up front gets the push, I think the back end will hold up their own in the middle with Terrence Ellis and Company. I think everybody's got to play on the string because it's actually they change the score. And one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was was Coach Fred McNair. Just this this season, how has he been? You know, it's difficult. He's a difficult man to read from the outside looking in. Very even killed, regardless of the situation. Uh, but you know, it's been an up and down season, and I'd imagine that's been quite challenging for him. It is. I mean, it, it's it's been a tough year. You know, I've talked to him every week, mm-hmm. and this this year is kind of wearing on him. Um, just all mm-hmm. the, you know, the the losing. It, it doesn't help. But just the injuries and the things he's had to deal with, having to move guys around, you know, working in a new quarterback, someone that wasn't on the roster last year, uh, it, it's been it's been very very difficult, you know, because we're just used to winning around here, mm. you know. Mm. When you win six straight division titles, you don't expect to fall off a cliff that quickly. Um, I mean, you you don't win all the time, but you know, for for it to happen in the way that it's happening right now, in the second year, I mean, we didn't play. Couple of years ago, mm-hmm. couple of years last year, first year in the West, and then having this year happen the way that it's happened, um, it's it's been tough. It's wearing on everybody, on fans, on mm-hmm. players, coaches, on on me, because you mm-hmm. know I'm a fan. You know mm-hmm. I, I, I'm an LA Rams fan. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year, and I expect them to get back up there. Although mm-hmm. I kind of, I don't know, it's not gonna happen. Uh, you know, it's not gonna mm-hmm. happen, but we didn't expect this type of year that we're having right, right now. So it, it's tough on right. It's tough on everybody. You look at the losses we suffered. You know, we suffered two losses to teams that aren't even in a division hunt. You look at yeah, that's the strange thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the Texas Southern loss at home on homecoming really, you know, sticks out in, in a lot of people's mm-hmm. gut. You know, but Texas Southern mm-hmm. improved program. You're gonna have a quarterback that's gonna be really good the next couple of years and Andrew Body. So I mean, it, yeah. it's been difficult difficult losses, some winnable games. The Texas Southern game was winnable. The Southern game was winnable. Mm-hmm. The Grand game, we just didn't have it that day. So I think that's mm-hmm. what's difficult, you know, for Braves fans. When you're used to winning, you're not used to losing. And so for mm-hmm. the, we're not in the conversation per se. You know, we need a lot of help to win the Western Division. Got to have Prairie View lose. Got to have Southern lose the Bayou Classic. It may not even matter at the end of the day if Prairie View wins the game um, against Mississippi Valley, they'll win the West. Doesn't matter what else happens. And their game will be ahead of our game. So we'll get a chance to mm-hmm. But it, it has been difficult. It's been difficult. No question about it. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But, you know, we got to figure some things out if we're going to get back up there. Because Grambling's going to be better. Texas Southern's going to be better. Eric Dooley 
you know, he's going to be better. So, you know, all across the board, we're going to have to be better. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to do that in the offseason. So talk about the resiliency of this team. It was obviously a tough stretch in the middle of the season with those three straight swag losses, uh, Southern, Texas Southern, and Grambling that could have potentially eliminated this team. I know it had to, uh, you know, just hurt from a, just a, a mental standpoint, but they bounced back with a big win over Prairie View and followed by a win over Bethune-Cookman. So they're riding a two-game winning streak into the Soul Bowl. But it was, with, during that three-game losing streak, a lot of teams could kind of fold, uh, kind of uh, shut it down at, at that point, but they continued to fight. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this this team has continued to battle. Uh, I think it's just the self-inflicted mistakes. You know, we we beat right now the best team in the West in Prairie on a Friday night on a short week. And we were really good not turning the football over. But the games that we lost, we turned it over, whether it's a fumble on kickoff return or whether it's, it's three interceptions against Texas Southern. We had a couple of turnovers against Bethune that could have cost us. But, you know, we have to play a clean game. And I think for this team, if they just do that, if they play a clean game, we can we can win many games. But I, I think sticking with it, you know, Coach McNair is one of those guys who just doesn't get rattled. He's he's not uh, mm-hmm. he's not bothered. You know, he hears the noise, but he he sticks to what he believes in as a coach. And you 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 watch and you talk to many a coach, they they know what they believe in, they feel comfortable about it, and they believe in it despite the fact that sometimes you don't always win. And I think for Coach McNair, he sticks with his principles. He doesn't get rattled. He's unflappable. And so far, we're riding a two-game winning streak. And if we win this game, it's going to be a whole bunch of talk and a lot of celebrating going on around here. And I, I think you know, for that to happen, we're going to have to play really, really well because Jackson State is really, really good. They blow the doors off the game in the second half. we got to get them in the first half. Got to get them on skates a little bit. So we'll, we'll see how it goes down. Absolutely. And last but not least, let's talk about this atmosphere, this expected atmosphere and environment down on the reservation with Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, coming into town. He's talked about looking forward to it. We're really looking forward to the entire SWAC tour, visiting all of the the college, the campuses. Uh, But I'd imagine this will be one of the more festive atmospheres and biggest crowds in a while. I mean, obviously, for those of us who can go back to Steve McNair days, we know what that was like. But most recently, I think games against Southern and then obviously hosting the SWAC championships, uh, championship game has probably been the bigger games on campus but what do you expect for as far as this atmosphere is concerned um you know i've been doing this for a minute i was around when the late steve mcnair was here and breaking all the records and the hype and the hoopla around that and this game kind of mimics that wow in terms of being on camp at one o'clock in the morning for a two o'clock game in the afternoon some wow. 13 hours before wow. the game to kick off, people are coming to campus um it, it's that type of atmosphere and, and I, I get it. I understand why. As as a team like Alcorn that's been dominant for a six-year stretch, and then Jackson State rolls in here, second straight division title. you got Coach Sanders and all the hype and hoopla behind that. And so I get all of that. And so I, when we were on the positive end of it. It was just, just the opposite. You know, folks were anticipating this game. We had already won the division. But now it's the other way. Now Jackson's won the East. Now they're going to the championship game. And so their fans want to come and have a good time here. And I think you have to give credit to the university and just this atmosphere we have here. It's, it's a great place where people want to come and just hang out and have a good time. And I think that's, that's what makes this you know, such a, a nice place to play and come. Got to get here early, though, because uh, once the traffic You know, usually on homecoming, I'll say this. You know, I, I kind of time it out a little bit. We play at two o'clock on homecoming. 
with the parade starting around nine o'clock. After about six in the morning, traffic is just unbelievable. My guess is for this game, it's probably going to be anywhere after four, four a.m. Wow! If you're wow. arriving after four, expect pack your patience because I think everybody's mm-hmm. expecting a huge crowd and people want to get ahead of it. So mm-hmm. I'll be on campus probably about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, and I'll have to figure out what I'm mm-hmm. going to do when I get here. But uh, but you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a big traffic guy. Traffic in major cities, right? I hate traffic anywhere. And so I, I want to get here early, but it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great environment. You know, the weather hopefully will, will, will be fine. It'll be a little on the coolish side, but it's all Corn yeah. Jackson State. You know, our, our alumni, if there's one game they want to win, it's this game with Jackson. And I'm sure for Jacksonians, if there's one game they want to win, it's against all Corn. So that's what helps build this game up. And that's what makes this game special. And I'm looking forward to it. I think the Braves are going to play their best game of the year in this game. Got to avoid the mistakes if they want to have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Jack State, we're looking forward to it as well. well game we want to have things on the PDC historic season. But I noticed a lot of times a lot of times when this game uh, comes up, already Clint typically look at it as the must win game for the show and we're looking forward to the amazing at the end but we should Edmund for joining the show as always and that'll do episode talk with the 1400 club thank you to all of our listeners and again be sure to subscribe to the podcast apple podcast and spotify video users rate to the show on facebook and tiger talk 1400 on instagram and twitter we're looking to do some platform the athletics department and it all starts with you Every every time you know, all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Video, YouTube, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.